Welcome to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experience and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wadenurseconsultants.com slash blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here's the host of Should You Take That Case, Lisa Wade. Welcome. Yes, we are live. Welcome, everyone. Uh, It's Medical Monday here, and what happens is... We bring you another episode of Should You Take That Case? We talk all about medical records, uh, medically related cases with personal injury, malpractice, workers' comps, disability attorneys. They are our guests. And the goal of our show is to be a resource for other legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing knowledge, experience, insights as defense or plaintiff attorneys. I'm your host, friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, Lisa Wade, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants. And I'm also the creator of our LinkedIn community, Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That's where I get all of our stellar attorney guests. We use this as an opportunity to get to know one another, and we're going to do that today with Terry Goldberg and a secret, not for very long, special guest. (laughs) So before we do that, we are going to scoot over to our comment section, see if there is anybody visiting us live today. If you are visiting us, if you are an attorney, put an A in that comment box so we can see you. If you are part of Women Owned Law, which is a wonderful groundbreaking group created to connect and advance women legal entrepreneurs. If any of you are out there, put a W in that chat so we can see you. And if you are just a plain old entrepreneur of any ilk, put a um, E in that chat so we can see you, say hello, and thank you for spending your precious time with us today. And now let me introduce our guest today, our primary guest, Our surprise guest is coming shortly. (laughs) Terry D. Goldberg, he has forged a reputation for being a skilled litigator and trial lawyer. As a Philadelphia personal injury lawyer, he has obtained millions of dollars in compensation for the thousands of cases he has handled. At Haggerty Goldberg, I know I'm gonna say this wrong, Scheifler and Cooper Smith, but I'll, he'll correct me. Uh, they're proud to have him as a, such a dedicated and well-versed attorney on their legal team. And in his free time, Terry Goldberg enjoys playing softball and baseball. He has represented the USA in competitions around the world. He has coached the Pan Am Games in Argentina and has been inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame 
in Israel. And now I bring to you Terry Goldberg and our special guest. Hello. Thank hey. you. Hey, Terry. Hi, thank Lisa. you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? I am doing well, thanks. The special guest is one of my partners, Matt Colavita, who runs our medical malpractice department. So I thought, why not bring you two good legal minds for your show today? Hi, Lisa. Yeah, two for the price of one. It is most definitely appreciated. It's a bargain in any time. All right. Well, I, I am going to dive into both of your uh, 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 knowledge and expertise. And but first, I usually ask if uh, whoever is our guest today, if they could talk to us a little bit about what got you interested in pursuing the type of law that you pursue. Tell or, you know, how, how you got to be a lawyer. You can go back to the cradle if you need to. <laughs> Wherever you want to go with that, you're on. Well, I got uh, interested in law in college. They seem to be the courses that I liked the most. I wasn't sure that I wanted to be a lawyer or what type of law, but I was sure when I got out of college, I didn't want to go to work yet. So I went to law school. And even at the end of law school, I still wasn't sure what area of law that I'd like to be involved with. Uh, I met someone at a party, not intending to get a job offer. And it was a personal injury attorney. His name was Harold Datz. He offered me a job at, at that party, actually. He liked me. I, I liked in my conversations with him. We enjoyed it. We didn't even talk about law. We talked about sports and women and things guys talk about at a party. Harold offered me a job and I was selling advertising at the time, a, a position I had after graduation from law school and while waiting for bar results. He offered me a job and I took it and I started the following week as an attorney. He was a personal injury lawyer. That's the job I was offered. That's the job I took and it has turned into a really nice career ever since. It's now 35 years or so since. Oh, well, it sounds like you just slipped into your your ideal position. Sometimes it's a matter of timing. I was in the right place at the right time and met the right person. Uh, well, Matt Colavita, tell us a little bit about you if you if you are prepared. Sure, sure I am. Uh, it's easy to talk about yourself. Um, I <clears throat> was a biology major at the Pennsylvania State University. Yeah. Um, and intended to go to medical school. And then um, organic chemistry happened. <laughs> and uh, I, I felt that I was not particularly suited um, to the rest of the coursework that I would need to complete to, to, to make it to medical school. And I had um, always enjoyed getting up in front of people and talking, um, you know, presentations, public speaking, things of that nature. And that's what led me to law school. Um, and after I got out of law school, um, I found a job in an insurance defense firm doing, um, quite the opposite of what I do now, um, representing injured people. Um, and I, I, I gravitated toward their medical malpractice department because it was so medically oriented and I felt comfortable talking about the anatomy. Uh, talking to doctors about the things that um, they encountered in, in defending their cases and um, basically have been working um, 
in the field of medical malpractice ever since, um, and also, you know, feel comfortable um, navigating my way around a, a, a medical chart that we encounter so often in so many of our cases. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you ended up being the the personal injury lawyer and not a frustrated doctor. So I think. <laughs> yeah, thank you. everyone else thanks you too. I think. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you just a couple of months ago, somebody else, another attorney said, had the same. They were on the pre-med track and then organic chemistry, which <laughs> led your way. I just plowed through <laughs> and I made it. <laughs> but I can understand that uh, that being uh, slowing things up for, for or changing people's direction. I can understand. Well, uh, my next question is, how do you get these cases that you, you get? The, how you pick and choose, and what is a good case or a not good case? Well, we don't do a lot of advertising. We do a little bit, but most of our cases come from referrals from other lawyers who don't do what we do or aren't as well equipped or financed to do what we do. And I think a great deal of our cases come from clients over the years who are happy with the results and in turn refer us new clients. So uh, advertising, very small piece, lawyer referral, a larger piece, and just good work and satisfied clients has been our mainstay for a lot of years now. And these cases, I know medical records come up, certain injuries, uh, you know, how, how do you decide if it is a, a good or reasonable case to take? There's a lot of factors that go into that. Uh, look, we're, we're in this business for a couple of reasons. One is to help people to be compensated for their injuries if someone else is responsible for causing them. Another reason is we have families and we like to make money. So, so we have to balance those things. And we want to make sure that the damages in the case are substantial enough that it warrants our time and investment of resources, staff, finances. So we factor all of that in. What is the liability like in the case? Are we going to be able to prove our case? What are the damages? Are we going to be able to prove those damages? And uh, those are really the two most important factors. What is liability? Is it good? Is it shaky? Uh, is it clear? You know, and if we we're talking about in an automobile accident type case, if someone rear ends our client, liability is pretty clear. If we have a highway accident where both sides are claiming the other car merged into their lane causing the accident, liability is not so clear. In medical malpractice, it's even dicier than that. Sometimes you see something and it looks as though it's going to be very clear. And we have to utilize experts like yourself uh, to find out what they think about the medicine involved in a medical malpractice case. It doesn't really matter what Matt or I think or what our client thinks. It matters what the experts are going to testify to and what a jury is going to think of that. So those are important factors that go into it. I'll see if Matt wants to piggyback on that at all. Yeah, I would say that um, one of the things that we like to consider when we're hearing about a case from a client or starting to review medical records is what's the story? 
Is it is it a story of medical negligence that's easy to understand, that's straightforward enough that a jury will understand it? Obviously, you know, Lisa, that with medical malpractice specifically, it can get complicated pretty quick. Mm. Um, with, with underlying medical conditions and past medical history that can complicate or muddy the waters. And so it's important for us to have a clear understanding of the story that we're eventually going to tell to the jury. Because if it's not a story that the jury can understand, even with the help of medical experts, it's not likely that we're going to be successful in getting a, a good result for our clients. Yeah, those records and 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 you mentioned defense uh, and plaintiff attorneys, but uh, and people ask me that: Are you defense or are you plaintiff? You know, who? What attorney do you work for? And I say the record says exactly what it says, the, the exact truth. So that's all I do. No matter who on what side of the table is listening, it's it says exactly what it says. So um, the there you have it. Yeah, you you have to decide. You have to handle the, that. I, it's not so so difficult for me because you know I'm just looking for the truth of what's what's inside of those records. So uh, those medical records, yes, you mentioned them when they rear their ugly heads, as they do with all the kinds of cases that you manage. Do you have a specific? protocol or method uh, to to organize them, to attack them, and to start getting all the information you need from them? Well, we use record services at times uh, to go and get the records for us, to retrieve the records for us. So that saves us a little bit of time in terms of having to request them and then diarate ahead and follow up and see if the request came in, see if they supplied everything we asked for. So we do use medical record services to retrieve them. Once they're retrieved and we have them in our hands, then between our paralegals and legal assistants and the attorneys who are working on the file, it's never just one attorney working on the file alone. We jointly uh, get together and try to catalog those records, put them in chronological order, so that we can ultimately get them off to an expert, whether it be a nurse like yourself, a surgeon, to review those records. The gathering of the records is often a difficult part. You know, we might send in an authorization that they don't find is perfectly acceptable to them and they want their own authorization utilized. But it, it all does start with medical experts um, reviewing those records. If we're talking about a medical malpractice case, If we're talking about more of a general negligence case, an auto case, a fall down, a deck collapse, something like that, different experts may come into play. We may need medical experts to explain to the jury what these injuries, surgeries uh, were, and we might need an expert on liability as well, for example, in a deck collapse case that we've handled recently. Look, I'm a Jewish kid from the northeast of Philadelphia, and while I think that we're pretty good at what we do, I don't know what makes a deck stay up, and I don't know what makes them fall down either. So we have to utilize engineering experts in those situations. So it's not just review of medical records only. Sometimes it's a review of the factual situation and what the reports of first responders may lead us to gather uh, photos 
investigative uh, site inspections. So there's a, a number of things that go into our evaluations of cases. Our organization of the records is one for medical expert review. Our facts and evidence for different reviews for experts in engineering. We, we would also want to review those records, it, it, particularly in a medical malpractice matter, that might lead us to other records that would give us insight into past medical history, um, uh, prior problems, prior procedures um, that we would be on the lookout for when trying to formulate a theory of liability in a medical malpractice case. So we want to make sure that we have a complete picture before we launch headlong into litigation and then, uh, God forbid, we're surprised by something that we find out further down the road when the, when the train has already left the station. Oh, boy. Well, yes, it sounds like you have a lot of material to, to review. Like you said, not just medical records. But um, if we could scoot back to those medical records real quick, what, if anything, do you find the most troublesome or the most frustrating when managing or when medical records are involved inside of the case? Well, well, I can tell you um, from my perspective, um, reviewing medical records for the entirety of the, the 20 odd years that I've been an attorney. And I can remember the first time that I, 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 I engaged in a, in a protracted review of a complicated uh, a medical record involving um, the birth of a baby that didn't, that didn't go as planned. Mm -hmm. And trying to decipher the handwriting Ugh. in some of these medical records just made me feel, and I was, I was a defense attorney at the time, so I, I had the luxury at times of actually getting the doctor or the nurse on the phone to say, what, what did you write here? What does this say? Um, and so I find that particularly frustrating. Um, now that I'm, 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 I'm representing injured people, I don't have the luxury of doing that. And so that's particularly frustrating. And what's even um, more frustrating than that, Lisa, is that with the advent of the electronic medical record, when we all used to say, Oh my God, wouldn't it be great if this was all just printed out and we could just read it in plain, in plain typeface and there would be no guessing and no trying to figure out what is actually going on here. And in many respects, the electronic medical records are more difficult to read than the old handwritten medical records. They're less intuitive. Um, they're, I think, in a lot of respects, less organized. Um, you find portions of the chart in, in, in places where you wouldn't expect to find them. And then when you're trying to piece all of that together to get a coherent picture of what this particular admission or this particular procedure um, uh, occurred, um, it can be really frustrating. So it's the deciphering of, of the medical records, be they handwritten, and some we still see some handwritten records, of course. Um, but electronic medical records with their drop downs and their, their uh, auto filled um, um, spaces in the chart, it, it, it can be really frustrating. Well, I, I understand. I understand how frustrating that, that can be for you. And um, yeah, it would be nice if it, you could read it like a book. Yeah. But that would be, that would be really, <laughs> just open it up, crack it open. But, um, you know, 
if ever you need uh, somebody to crack that open for you, decipher it and present it to you, just like a story in a book, let me know. Okay, we're gonna right. do that. All right. We will. Last question. And uh, yes, it could be for both of you. You've given wonderfully good information. Now, reach in deep into your uh, knowledge and experience and tell us what advice would you give any new fledgling attorneys or even veteran attorneys about deciding if they should or shouldn't take those medical cases that come across their desks? Something that comes to mind for me really quickly is at the beginning of the case, don't get too emotionally involved. Sometimes I've seen attorneys over the years make an emotional decision at the beginning. They really like the plaintiff. They think the case works, but they're not sure, but they take it anyway because they like the plaintiff. We like all of the plaintiffs here, but we try not to let that be the determining factor in taking a case. We have to be guided by the liability and the medical records. That's really what we have to be guided by. As much as we might like a client and we might like to do a good job for the client, if the medicine doesn't work out for us, if we get expert opinions that say they didn't deviate from the acceptable standard of care, then it's not a case, no matter how devastating the injuries may be. A bad outcome doesn't equal medical malpractice. And I think that's difficult to explain to clients. And sometimes I think, especially younger, uh, more inexperienced attorneys, they do let the emotions get in the way. They want to help that client so bad. They have a tough time explaining to the client that a bad outcome doesn't mean medical malpractice occurred. And they sometimes get in. And once you're in, it's difficult to get out until you've spent a bunch of money and some judge tells you your case doesn't work and now you're out but you're out at a loss. So I would say that's an important factor. Don't become emotionally married to any particular case at the beginning. Now, having said that, mm -hmm. once you vet the case, find that the liability does work, there was a deviation from the standard of care in a medical case, or liability is getting to be a little more crystal clear for you in any other type of general negligence case. Once you do that, then you should be married and emotionally involved in that case once you get to that point. And you should do everything you can to try to be successful in handling that case for the client. But at the beginning, don't make emotional knee-jerk reactions. You can have a case that looks like there are devastating consequences, but there was no mal medical malpractice either. Matt, anything? You yeah, I, I, would, I would just um, harken back to what I said earlier, Lisa. Someone... someone um, a mentor of mine taught me very early on in my career when he would sit when we would sit down and discuss cases tell me what this case is about um, and I quickly learned that I had about 30 seconds to tell him what the case was about and if I couldn't tell it tell it to him in 30 seconds um, the advice that he gave me is if you can't tell me you're gonna have even less of an opportunity to explain to a jury what your case is about so make sure that you have a concise um, explanation of what your case is about and what you're going to try to prove to the jury and if you can't be concise and it's convoluted and complicated you should be wary of of proceeding with that case we have an attorney who worked with us who had two teenage children 
and she thought it was always a good idea once once she understood the case well she thought it was a good idea to tell her children about the case in five sentences or less and see what their initial knee-jerk reaction was and she said that 95 percent of the time they were right kids get it you know we often think as lawyers we often think every case works but that's not the case um, mm -hmm. if you could tell it to some lay people instead of just talking it over with a bunch of lawyers and paralegals and nurses and doctors if you can tell it to lay people and see what they think about your you know five sentences about what the case is worth listen to the questions they ask those are the people who are going to be on your jury those are the questions the jury is going to ask when they go back into deliberations they can't stop the trial and ask us a question in the middle like our children could or or uh, some other panel that we put together as a mock jury. Um, so I think you have to keep that in mind. What would a lay person think if you told them about this case? And sometimes lay people would say, oh, that's crazy. Stuff happened. That's not malpractice. Or they may say, that's horrible. That should never happen. So it's important to listen to what your lay people think of your case at times. And we put together some mock juries for some of our larger cases. So we can put on the case as we would in front of a jury, and they can stop us and ask us questions uh, before it's too late. We can correct whatever their issues are. We can correct it before we get to the real trial. Ah, that sounds that's like good, good practical advice. advice for anyone starting out in the business. Excellent. And it's not just with regard to medical malpractice cases. The medical records come into play in every injury case that we handle, every single one. What I may think is serious, some layperson may say that that's an ordinary rub of life. Who cares? So they had a bad back. Well, we might want to pick a jury of people who are a little older who have experienced bad backs. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, we can't tell you everything in this one brief session, but if anybody has any questions, we're happy to answer them or give them some guidance along the way. Wonderful. Well, that is a perfect uh, uh, transition because it is time for question and answers uh, for anybody that is viewing live. Are you you're ready for that? Sure. All right. So anybody that has any questions, get them together. A question for Matt or a question for Terry, get it together and get ready to put it in the comment section and they're gonna be ready to answer, okay? Absolutely. and. While you're getting all of your questions, people are getting their questions and uh, you getting your answers together. We're going to stop for a small, teeny tiny, what I call a commercial break, okay. <laughs> and, uh, a sponsor break, if you will, so, about Wade Nurse Consultants, my legal nurse consulting business. Everybody is not always clear about what legal nurse consultants do. So I'll make it clear for you all today. At Wade Nurse Consultants, it's all about review, research, and roadmaps. When we review medical records, we summarize and translate that information into clear human language, easily understood by judges and juries. And when we research, we complete medical literature searches regarding topics attorneys may not be familiar with or uh, locating experts that can help support their cases. And when we create roadmaps for injured clients in the form of life care plans. We are detailing their future medical needs 
over their lifetimes, including estimated costs of care. And to recap, Legal Nurse Consultants at Wade Nurse Consultants, it's all about review, research, and roadmaps. Now schedule a free 15, 20-minute medical case strategy call by clicking the calendar link that you'll find in the comments box and in the description box of this YouTube channel so we can chat. Now it's time to get back to our question and answers for Matt and Terry. Let me take a peek in the comments section. Do we have any questions yet? And the answer is no, not yet, not right now, not live, but a lot of people watch on the replay. What I usually do is put everyone who guests their name and contact information in the description box of this YouTube channel so anybody can reach out and ask their question anytime. Does that sound all right for you, Matt and Terry? That works for us. Absolutely. All right. It's we've got a plan. We have alternate uh, options for whatever comes up. So no questions live today. Definitely. Uh, if you're catching the replay, just reach out in that contact information box and in uh, the description box of this YouTube channel and get Matt and Terry. I have to get your contact information, Matt, and I'll put it in there because well, I works. only prepared have... for one expert today and I get two. Matt works in the, we have seven offices, um, but Matt and I work in the Bucks County, Pennsylvania office, 90% of our days. And we travel to the other offices uh, less frequently. They're staffed by attorneys as well, but we have to go up there once in a while. Our offices are in Philadelphia, Bucks County, Allentown, Reading, Lancaster, Harrisburg, Hazleton, Pennsylvania. So the, the eastern coast of Pennsylvania, both north and south. Uh, while we spend most of our time in Holland, Philadelphia is our headquarters. So we're, we're down there frequently, less frequently out in the counties, Allentown, Reading, Lancaster, Harrisburg, and we let our attorneys up there handle it. Maybe we go up there once a month or so, or if a client needs to see us, then, then we'll go there. Oh, but we, like we spend most of our time together. From one end of the here. turnpike to the other. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of territory. Right. Only north and south. We don't really go out towards Pittsburgh, although oh, okay. we do have a couple of cases out there. People find out about us. Uh, Jim Haggerty, one of the partners in the firm, uh, was also a defense attorney. In fact, we have quite a few attorneys who started their career on the defense side. And then they switched over to the plaintiff side, which in my mind, uh, someone like Matt, or Jim Haggerty or some of the others, that gives them great perspective. Mm -hmm. They know what the defense is looking for in cases, having handled them. And that helps them to come up with solutions for those things that the defense is looking for in their case. So uh, even our workers' comp attorneys, they all started out on the defense of workers' compensation cases before coming over to our to, to what we call the, the bright side, leave the dark side. <laughs> the, leave the dark <laughs> no side. No offense to any attorneys <laughs> who are out there. Oh, well, I, ha I have defense and plaintiff here too. So I think it's all a reason. It's probably, you know, a, a, you know, not too dark, not too light. It's just, just right. <laughs> well, in your business, you know, the records are the records. We can't change them. 
It's true. We all have to try to work within them and see what we can argue with regard to what's in there. Mm -hmm. It's true. So you yeah. don't pick sides. I don't pick sides. It says what this says. And uh, it's just also finding things that maybe have gotten lost or never found at all at, at in the first place. That's what I do. And along those lines, Lisa, I think Matt would agree with me. We're not looking for somebody to just sugarcoat things for us and give us answers we may like. We're looking for an honest, objective opinion. The worst thing that can happen is you get an expert who just feeds you what they know you want to hear and you go along for a lengthy and costly litigation ride, only to find out they were telling you what you wanted to hear, not necessarily an honest, objective opinion. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're always looking for, honesty Excellent. and objectivity. All right, well, that's good. You'll get that if you come here. So that'll be, that'll be good. You don't have to worry about yeah, it. We would rather hear from an expert that the case doesn't work. From a medical legal standpoint, the case doesn't work and we can, gracefully explain that to the client and back out before we are in so deep that we've spent a bunch of money in the case. Mm -hmm. And that it, it's just like you said, every bad outcome is not, uh, it doesn't mean someone did something wrong. That's, they talk, they tell us that out of nursing school, <laughs> you know, it, you know, yeah, you do all the things that you are supposed to do. And sometimes, Things that you don't want to happen, happen, yep. even if you've done absolutely the right thing. So I'm, I'm so glad that you are objective yet involved attorneys. We have to be. It's mm -hmm. the only way to do it. All to right. do it properly. Well, gentlemen, it's been wonderful having you here as, uh, as a guest today. And uh, two guests, two for the price of one. Definitely appreciate it. And um we are going to probably, looks like, wind up today. No questions that I can see right this moment, but I'm going to put both your contact information in the description box of this YouTube channel, and they will reach out to you if they have any questions when they catch on the replay. Sound that good? That would be wonderful. Yes. All Thank right. Uh-huh. Thank you for having us. Oh, it was wonderful having you. So, I'm just reminding everybody that's viewing to like this show, subscribe to this channel. And if you have any legal nurse consulting questions, email me, lisa at wadenurseconsultants.com. But catch us next week, Monday, 5.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a brand new episode of Should You Take That Case? Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experiences and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wavenurseconsultants.com slash blog, on LinkedIn, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and sharing this show with others.